Punching Holes in the Darkness is a podcast by the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. It's an opportunity for pastors and leaders in Michigan churches to have their voices heard and to share how to best reach our mission field from Detroit to the Upper Peninsula. Welcome to another edition of Punching Holes in the Darkness. It's a podcast produced by the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. It's for our pastors, leaders of this great state and others within our Baptist Zion. We're doing so to help provide encouragement, inspiration, and information in uh, ways that we together can better punch holes in the darkness. Hello, I'm Pastor Tim Patterson, your executive director and your host for today. And today we have a wonderful special friend of mine. He is a counterpart, so to speak, an executive director in Indiana, Ryan Struther, Dr. Ryan Struther. He is new to this position, Ryan. Thank you, my friend, for joining with us today, buddy. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule and your crazy life to uh, speak to us here in Michigan and beyond. Tim, it's always good to be with you, man. Well, you're kind, buddy. You're kind. Yeah. Well, what's the weather like there? It, it's a little cold. Uh, probably not as cold as where you're at, but um, it's worse when the wind blows. That's yeah, for sure. Yesterday morning was like minus two. <laughs> so, oh man! Yeah, but uh, we're we, doing we good haven't today. gotten down that far. Yeah, we we were up to four above this morning, so I was happy with that. And uh, oh, but man. doing good. All right, yeah. tell my friend, let's talk a little bit about you. I like for our guys to know who you are and where you've come from and and uh, what you're all about. Tell us a little bit about your your maybe your calling, your history in pastoring, and where you've come from to get to Indiana. Man, you know it's it's funny, Tim, because I if the Lord told us where we'd be in you know twenty or thirty years from now out of our flesh, we'd probably do everything we could to, to make that happen. And then we blow it because it's, <laughs> it's, it's our plan and not the Lord's, you know, and we take it in our hands. So when we realize that his ways are higher and all of that, I, it's really neat. My story is I'm a third generation minister uh, in, oh, in our family. I that was not that. my, yeah, that, that was not by my design though. Um, my grandfather was a world war II vet came back from the war, was a milkman, drove for the dairy, and uh, felt called to ministry, took correspondence courses. I, uh, Man, I wish, I wish I could ask him what that was like. I, I don't know what, uh, you know, how he did that. Or, man, you know, once your loved ones pass, you, you think of all the things you wish you would have asked him, you know, and that's one of my questions for him. But um, he took correspondence courses, came back from that, was ordained, uh, in ministry, and he pastored, uh, when I say some country churches, some some very rural churches in Maryland and West Virginia, helping out, um, and, and he did that. He did, he preached all the way till he was about 90 years old and had macular degeneration and couldn't even read, uh, couldn't see straight on anymore. He couldn't read, so eventually he stopped, but um, my father then, uh, he still is a pastor in Morgantown, West Virginia. Oh. Um, he met, yeah. So he met my mother at Southern Seminary in Louisville. They had my brother there. Uh, then they went down to Jacksonville, Florida, where my dad was from. And that's where I was born. And he pastored a church there for a little bit. Then we moved to Western Maryland 
And that's really where I grew up. I was there for most of my life until adulthood. And uh, and dad pastored a church there. And that's where mom was from. So it's kind of a neat triangle in our family. Um, but I, I did not set out to be a pastor. I was a teacher. And uh, the first year of my professional life was I was a seventh grade social studies teacher. So I was a middle school teacher. Man. Oh, man, bless uh, your heart. Oh, I yeah. yeah. That. So that, that's what I did. We uh, moved down to Baltimore, Maryland. We were there for three years. I only taught one of those years, and the Lord just, the, the weight of his calling was pressing on me uh, so hard for ministry. And so um, I looked for, you know, what what the next opportunity was, and and he opened the door, and that's where I started into uh, to ministry. Started with seminary stuff, uh, was serving as an associate pastor outside of Baltimore, Maryland, a town called Ellicott City. And, and uh, so we were there for three years. And uh, the Lord just started to shift my passions more toward uh, consistent preaching and overall leadership of the church, which was not part of the role I had at the time. And again, just asked the Lord for the opportunity. And he opened the door to a church in Marion, Ohio. And uh, we moved there with our five-month-old at the time and uh, moved to Marion. We were there for the last 12 years and I was mm. pastoring Central Baptist Church there. Had a wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, really, really, it, it was so hard to leave there um, to take the role that I'm in now. Uh, but we we drove four hours further west. Now we're in the Indianapolis area serving our churches in Indiana in this role. I started as executive director in mid-October. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the nutshell of our life. But let me tell you just kind of a, a neat story, Tim, is that... Uh, when I was when I was ending high school, uh, back then you know I played football. That was uh, nowhere near that kind of shape now. But back then when we played, you know, our team in Maryland, we we won our state championship. There were guys being recruited to different schools and after college, and and there was this this Christian university in Upland, Indiana, Taylor University. I was being recruited there. They it was a great deal. Uh, I would have been the, the starting quarterback was a senior and I would have been a freshman. I would have had one year to learn and three years to lead the team. Um, perfect situation. Uh, but I could not sign that letter of intent when it, every time I look at it, it just, I couldn't do it. I wasn't, I wasn't spiritually mature enough then to know that was the Holy spirit saying, hold, you know, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. But um, the only other college I applied to was the state university right up the road from where I grew up. And so, and that's where I ended up going. And I remember my whole freshman year, I kept telling Nikki, you know, my wife, I kept saying, uh, you know, asking just, why am I not in Indiana? Why am I not in Indiana? You know, it's just, it, she reminded me of that when we were looking to come over here now and going through the process and that. Um, and she just says, Hey, you remember like 20 some years ago when you were asking the Lord, why you weren't in Indiana? You know, it's just like, <laughs> And again, that's why I say if, if he would have told us where we'd be 20, 30 years from now, we'd do everything we could to, to make it happen. And man, I would have blown it, you know, because yeah. it wasn't part of his plan. But but now I it's all it's just kind of ironic to look back and think it's almost like God saying, just just hold on, man. Hold on. You know, yeah, he has he has a plan and he works it and he works in us and he works through us in it. Uh it, it's right. amazing how God gets us there. Now you pastor that church for 12 years and you know, when I left my church and came up here, uh, there were a lot of changes, of course, geographically, there was, it was a big change for us from Florida to Michigan, but a big change was moving from being a senior pastor and, uh, doing that work and to being what I've called a pastor of 
pastors and churches, multiples. And uh, uh, they still call me Pastor Tim, by the way. I mean, that's the title I have here yeah. is Pastor Tim, even though I'm the executive director, I'm Pastor Tim. And uh, it's because my heart and my calling has never changed. It's just my location and the people that have changed. And so uh, you're right. dealing with some of that too. What are what's some of the most difficult parts of you moving from being a pastor of a local church to yeah. really pastoring a state of pastors and church leaders and churches? What is it? What's the difficulty of that? I'm, I am, I've, I've really struggled with this and, and more than I thought that I would, Tim. I, I really didn't, of course, I didn't know what to expect, really. You know, I mean, I, I knew what the job entailed. I, I knew, you know, and I, and I felt for sure the Lord's calling to this role, his, his preparation for me in this role. I mean, I, I was certain of the calling. In fact, my prayer through it all was, Lord, I need you to make this so obvious because I have no reason to do this, you know, and uh, we didn't need to leave our church. We, we love that church. Um, in, and I, I just didn't realize how hard it would be. I, I've, I put a lot of thought into this because it's just been a lot of what I've been wrestling with lately is when you, when you leave that, that church leadership setting, when you're, you leave the pastorate um, and you're demoted to anything else, you know, like what we're in now um, there's kind of four areas that I've really been focusing on four four challenges, four struggles. And, and I'll just kind of go down down through each one. If that's all right. It's just to be, to be honest with me is, the the first challenge i think what i'm realizing is i have not i've not grieved the loss of my church well and the grief is not something that i was expecting uh, i knew that I, I loved those those church members and, I, and they loved me and they supported me and i knew that they were praying and uh you know the transition time between uh, the announcement of, of my hiring in Indiana to leaving the church was about five weeks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- that was a, that was a sweet, sweet time. Um, I've even returned once or five, five people that they said before I left, they asked, they said, will you come back to bury me? You know? And, um, and I told them not anytime soon, but one of them didn't live. <laughs> and, and you know, just, it was just a sweet, sweet moment to be able to go back and do that uh, a month or so ago and, you know, to officiate that funeral. But, um, I, I've not, I've not grieved that. And I think I've not allowed myself to, to grieve that loss because I would feel like that's taking away from the excitement or, or the, the, the new position. And, and almost as if, uh, you know, you, you know, that when God calls you, it's, it's not going to be necessarily the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. One of the things yeah. that, that we find as pastors and that others may not understand as well, we, we truly invest our lives in other people's lives. Yeah. And part of us is given and we, there's just so much of us to give, but we truly connect and there becomes this connected symbiotic relationship with people that we're one and the same with the church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's a, that's a unique thing about the calling of a pastor. And so when that is separated, when we're separated from anyone, it's, and whether you're pastoring a church and you go to a new church or a different ministry, 
Yep. There should be, and there understandably is a, a grieving time because you are losing yep. loved ones and people you've attached to. Yep. And, uh, and you're uh, the whole of the ministry. You love that too. Just, just what you were doing. You love, mm-hmm. uh, I know I have a difficult, my, my, one of my greatest losses I feel that we've lost is that real close personal connection with families, particularly watching young ones grow up and go through school and you hit, you marry yeah. and you, yeah. you, you walk through all of the crises of life with them mm-hmm. and you lose that connection in this position. Yeah. Now, what we do here, and you will learn this and you're new at this, and I'm not telling you, you, you don't know these things, but they're coming and they will, those connections come to the pastors you lead and that you yeah. minister with and their families. Yeah. And you began to connect with them in the same way that you did with that local church. So that but you yeah. have that, you said there are four things. What's the second? Yeah. One? I think it's important just to realize, to, to give yourself permission to grieve that, that because I, what I'm realizing is those 12 years in that one church were a blessing from the Lord. And, and so there, there is a sadness, a grief there, the loss of connections like you're talking about. I, I know that any one of those folks are a text or phone call away, uh, but we're just now we're in different spheres and we're doing what we do. And, and so uh, there are challenges there. But, um, you know, Tim, I, I'll tell you something only only my wife knows right now. And uh, when we left, you know, the people there at our church had um, given you know, uh, there's a, there's a card basket or whatever. And, you know, there's, there's all these cards and mm-hmm. they're sitting in a bag on my desk over here. I haven't even read them. I don't know what's in them. Um, I, I, and I just, I don't know. I just never realized until a few weeks ago, like, why have I not read those yet? Like, what am I, what am I scared of? Or what am I, you know? And, and I think it's just, it's okay to, to grieve when the Lord changes you from one spot to another. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And I um, encourage you, you know, give yourself a little more time. And then when you feel a little more settled in uh, your emotions and your feelings about this, sit down with your wife, read the cards. Then yeah. I'm telling you, you will cherish those cards and keep them. And um, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. This, yeah. you're, you're so normal. It's crazy. You're really normal. And this is a normal <laughs> process. And every one of us yeah. are going have, who've done this know exactly what you're feeling and what you're experiencing. Yeah. So don't think this yeah. is an anomaly or that something's wrong with you or that you miss God. Uh, yeah, this is very normal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, the, the second thing that I noticed, this is one I noticed right away was I had no flock when I came into this role. You know, like you, you are so used to, uh, being, you know, you got, you got 150, 200, you know, a thousand, whatever your church, you got, uh, this many people that man, you're involved in the day to day with some of them. You're involved week to week with, with all of them you're involved. And, um, those are your people, you know, you're, you're checking in on them. You're holding them accountable. You're teaching them, you're helping them. And, um, and then all of a sudden it's gone. And when, when you're back to kind of what you were saying, when your life is so invested into a group of people, and then uh, all of a sudden, you know, you, you preach that last sermon and there's that last prayer and everybody leaves and I'm unemployed. I don't, that's not my, my role anymore, you know? And, um, and so there's kind of this, this immediate realization of, I don't have a flock. 
<laughs> and what I've learned since is uh, my the staff that I lead now at our convention, they're my flock, whether they Absolutely. want to be or not. And they're my flock. Absolutely. And, so, and I'm probably not even, you know, I'm, I'm not, I need to shepherd them even better, but, but, but they're my flock. Um, and I'm looking at, at our pastors the same way is, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I don't lead them. I'm just, I serve them and they're, they're my flock. Uh, I had exactly. a wonderful conversation yesterday with one of our pastors, you know, just talking through some struggles. He said, man, that that's my flock. So it, it was just a changing flock. And so when you change from one ministry assignment to another, there can be a different focus in your flock or, you know, your people. Absolutely. And that, and that, that is exactly, exactly what I was talking about early on. And I think that you're experiencing that. All right, folks, we'll be right back with our conversation and our discussion, but I just want to encourage you a bit and ask a question. What does it mean to be the church? What does it mean to be the church? Well, I mean, I, I think it means to be what God's called us to be biblically, and that is to, to thrive, to grow, and to develop as a body of believers. Sometimes that's a little difficult when you feel like you're the lone ranger out there as a pastor or a leader. You need others to come around you others to join with you, others to pray for you, to learn from one another. And so we are helping our pastors through cohorts, and we call this Being the Church. And it's an initiative that we're using and starting that helps pastors do what God has called you to do, to give you the encouragement, to give you the, the tools, to give you the, the resources that you need to be all that God has called you to be as the pastor and as the church. So in the days and weeks ahead, as you hear more about being the church or let's be the church, look into that. Join one of the cohorts. When somebody asks you to be part of it, do it. As a pastor, you're more like a farmer. You're hands on the plants. You're there each row, you know, uh, every field you're part of it. Yet, well, you've moved from farming to ranching. And now you're the owner of a ranch and basically your ranch hands take care of the ranch and you make sure that your ranch hands do what they need to do. You make sure they have the supplies they need. You make sure they have the, the trucks and the horses and the, all of that, that they need to carry out the ranching process. And you oversee and make decisions about the bigger things of ranching. Does that make you any less of a person or any less of who you are? No, absolutely not. But that's, that's who you become. And, and that's really what you are now. And it's a, it's a, it's a good thing, but it's just different. It's not worse. It's just different. So you uh, had number three. What was that? Uh, yeah. I, the three is, is the, the, let me just say that I'm going to, I'm going to use the word guilt, though. It's not really genuine guilt, but, but the guilt of what you feel like you've done to your family, ah, making yeah. a move like this, uh, this was not one I was as ready for as I should have been. I didn't know to be. And if, and if my experience could help someone else out as they make a transition to whatever, whatever another ministry summit is, I hope it can be helpful was, um, you know, it's, it's hard to move. We, we've got five children. They're all between the ages of 13 and eight. Um, this was a, you know, it was only a, a four hour drive, but it was a big move and uh, new schools, new house, new 
neighbors. I mean, every everything is different. And, and it was a challenge for me that every frustration of the kids, everything they were upset about, um, their new struggles, you know, it, it's so easy to, to look at any of those and just to say, this is my fault. I'm the reason why you know, their, their grades aren't as good. I'm the reason why they right. say they have no friends. I'm the reason why, you know, and, and when you uproot your family, that can be really hard to, to handle, you know, just sure. emotionally, that's really hard to handle. And so we've been, uh, we've been really intentional and, and, and more so even the last week or two. I mean, I, Tim, this is so like raw with me. So I mean, it's like, that's okay. This is I'm not, I don't have all the answers, but I'm just telling you Mark, my experience. We've had to be very intentional about finding the things that our children want to pursue. What are their new interests? Um, trying to create the environment or the way for that to happen. Um, you know, finding, finding the things that we can do that, Every one of our children we know uh, is different. They they want to be loved differently. We're trying to be very gracious with them. Um, you know, it, it can be challenging at times, but but we're trying to be very gracious. And 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 then I'm trying to be very intentional with my calendar. Man, it Tim, it's it fills up, and I mean it fills oh, out yes. months, months in advance. It fills up, you know. And I feel I feel bad because I used to be able to schedule things a whole lot quicker with people than what I can sometimes now. But, uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm, if I have to travel just like this week, you know, the last two days I've, I've been away. Um, and so today I'm working from home. I'm being really cautious with my, my schedule to say, I mean, I, I need to still be a dad. Uh, I still need to lead at home. Um, and so I have to be really intentional about doing that. Um, and so that's been a, that's been a struggle. It's just, you, you feel guilty and it's not a guilt. It. It's not a guilt, really. You're not. You're not guilty. You're I understand not that. Bless the Lord here, but, but, uh, but it's it's just it's that feeling of man. That's that's my fault. That's my fault. That's my fault. Uh, and that can really weigh on a guy. You know, it can really and weigh. That, on. That's where that's where you have to go back, and just, you know, reassure yourself of the calling of God in your life. Yeah. And God called you to this position, so it's God's responsibility. Now every pastor who leaves a church and moves to another church experiences this. I mean, they just do. Thankfully, you were at one church for a long time with your kids. Basically, they grew up in that. Now that here you are, you move them for the first time, really. Every pastor who moves understands that. When Sabrina and I moved from South Texas to Florida, huge uprooting of our boys big change for them, new schools, new people, everything changed different culture completely from where they were in South Texas. And so we understand that. And I think every pastor who has made a move with their family after they've been rooted for some time in a place understands exactly what you're dealing with. He said, yeah. man, what am I, what have I done to my family? What have I done to the kids? That's why doing what you're doing. And I give this advice to every pastor and every leader focus first on family. I mean, make sure you've got that family time scheduled in. I don't care what you have to move, but learn to say no quickly. If you don't, you will be eaten up with everyone who wants a piece of your, you. And when they want a piece of you, they're getting a piece of your family. So learn to say no, schedule family first, plug in those family times and just be hard nosed about it. 
and people are going to say, well, well, don't you care about your work? No, you care about your, because if you're, if you lose your family, you're going to lose this job. You'll mm-hmm. lose this position. You'll lose your leadership and your bills to leave. People, pastors are looking to you to exemplify what it means to be a good leader. And that means having good family time. So schedule it, plug it in mm-hmm. there, plug in those date times with your wife. You guys are young. You still have this young family. Most of us who are in this position are older and our families have moved out. Our children have moved on, but you're still in the midst of it. So don't lose sight of where that family is in the guilt. Lay it on Jesus. He put you there. That's his problem, man. <laughs> that's, that's a deal. And you said you had one other, what other I do. The, I, I, and I was, here's another one I wasn't anticipating, but, uh, something I really miss is the weekly intensive Bible study I would have as a pastor in preparing yes. to preach every yes. Sunday. Absolutely. I, I wasn't one that would do it in one full day. Uh, it's just not how I, I work, but, but I would have designated time where I'm, you know, I'm preparing a sermon. So, you know, you're, you're really working hard through the text. You're, you're analyzing every little bit of it and all that. And uh, that is so refreshing for a pastor's soul sure it is. just to have that opportunity. You know, you know that anyone who teaches is is a great learner because you have to learn it first, you know. And um, so going back to kind of the, the family element, too, with that in my role, you know, I was very clear coming up or very upfront. It was uh, I'm only out in our churches two Sundays a month. And the reason for that is I, I can't have Nick and the kids. We can't just be hopping all over the state every weekend, you know, and and. Um, we need a home church. We need disciple. We need minister to. Uh, and that was important. I had no pushback at all from our executive board, from, from anyone uh, on that. I mean, we, there's really has been great support. I'm, I'm the only executive director Indiana's had that who's had children in the home. Right. Still, That's right. So, I mean, there's just some, there's just some unique elements here that, um, they've been very gracious to accommodate. So, you know, I'm, I'm preaching maybe twice a month. Um, so there's not that weekly routine of intense uh, Bible study. So I've had to be really intentional about uh, not just a morning time of reading and prayer or whatever, you know, however you do your, if you want to call mm-hmm. it quiet time devotion, however you, however you do that, you know, it's not just about following a reading plan or whatever, but I've had to, had to get a little more intentional about, how, like, how do I just normally, what, what's going to be my new routine of still incorporating uh, intense Bible study, even if I'm not preparing to preach? So um, that, that was something I hadn't really quite thought about until yeah. I realized, you know, it's my schedule is a little different right now. You know, it is, it is different. And one of the things that you find, I, I preach nearly every Sunday somewhere because again, different season of life, different place. The thing is, I, I have particular messages that I really want our churches to hear. Mm -hmm. And many times I'm preaching the same message. Now that's a different deal for me. I'm not a, like some evangelists who preach the same messages over and over and over. I'm, I just, uh, it's been unique for me to preach something the same almost every Sunday, but there are certain themes and certain messages that our churches need to hear. Now that doesn't mean I always do that. Um, when a pastor says, Hey, I, I need you to come and preach on this subject for me. I'm, I love doing that. Or if I fill in for somebody who says I'm in this part, part of the series, or I'm in this place in the book, can you take this chapter? I love doing that. 
Yep. But I don't get that as often. And it's yeah. just something you learn to adjust to and move to. Hey, listen, Ryan, we're going to have to bring this thing down and land it. So um, mm. what I'd like to do is hopefully schedule you for another time where we can hear more about how you're adjusting and some of your vision for strengthening churches, revitalizing churches, some of your plans for that, uh, church planting, how all that mails together. And we'll talk a little bit also about uh, dealing with those who may not be encouraged about church planting or wanting to be revitalized. How are you dealing with that and those pastors and leaders? Uh, as a as executive director, we have to deal with those things. So, yeah. well, listen, we'll schedule that for another time. And Ryan, thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing your heart with us today and sharing with our pastors and leaders here in Michigan and beyond. We appreciate you so much. So much Thanks, Jim. Appreciate the opportunity. All right. God bless you, folks. It's been great to have you with us today. Pray you'll punch holes in the darkness as we make a difference right here in Michigan and beyond. This has been Punching Holes in the Darkness, a podcast from the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. If you have liked this episode, please rate us and leave a review. That will help others to find us and enjoy these conversations too. And if you subscribe, you will be notified when new episodes are available. Join us next time as we help Michigan churches punch holes in the darkness.